Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. With the 15th pick in the 2013 NBA Draft, the Milwaukee Bucks select Giannis Adetokounmpo. Bucks keep it alive here for Giannis. Giannis, Giannis, Welcome to the fans' exclusive coverage of the Pro Hoops Draft. Live from the Q Club of Wisconsin and Waukesha. Now, live from the Radio.com Sports mobile studios, here are your hosts, Ryan Horvat and Bill Baby Tausch-Schmid. Woo! There we go. The boy is off the board. Boy wonder off the board to the Miami Heat. At 13, Tyler Hero goes to the Miami Heat. Oh, okay, that's funny. Cool. This is 105.7 FM. The fan, Tyler Hero of Whitnell High School, goes from University of Kentucky to the Miami Heat at the 13th overall pick. And uh, he's going to have an opportunity to play because, Horvath, there's spots down there. Yeah, I mean, if you could shoot, you got a spot in the NBA. If you're six foot six and you could shoot, yep. you definitely got a spot in the NBA. Mm. What I like about Hero is he gets out in transition, gets Runs to the corner, the floor really well, yep. gets to the wing, gets to his spot, picks his spot, and knocks down threes. The only thing that scares me a little bit as a shooter is he can't really shoot off screens or handoffs, which he'll have to work on. But once he gets to the NBA, I'm sure he will. Uh, not great on his first step, but once again, six foot six, and he could shoot and he could defend. I mean, he's an underrated defender too. Yeah, and he he showcased that in the NCAA tournament when they were playing Wofford. He basically went up to Calipari and said, "Let let me let me be the number one defender for you, and I'll show you what it is." And he's a big Devin Booker fan, so he kind of mirrors his game after Devin Booker, another former Kentucky Wildcat. So. I really look for – I think Tyler Hero could honestly be like a 15, 16-point-per-game yeah. scorer in the NBA. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but I think he could be a serviceable like third or fourth option, spot-up shooter, and might uh, end up making a career out of this for 10 to 12 years. Well, that's for sure, and you need spot-up shooters in today's NBA. I saw a couple of different comparisons. J.J. Redick, I saw Grayson Allen, who obviously hasn't transferred to the NBA necessarily right away, but Tyler Hero is going to have uh, – Lack no confidence walking into an NBA locker room, that's for sure, as the 13th overall pick. Uh, the one thing I got to I gotta say about my man is that that suit is unbelievable. But look at this watch. I know. Look at that thing shine. Maria Taylor is even jealous of what my buddy's got on his wrist over there. Whitnell High School's own Tyler Hero goes 13 to the Whitnell, to the Miami Heat. I'm excited. And I'm happy. I am too. I'm happy for him. I'm juiced up. The good thing about him going to Miami is now, like, usually I think you buy these suits, right, and you can only get one night of use because you wear it on oh, draft no. night. Yep. Tyler Hero, you're going to Miami. You're going to be able to wear that suit out pretty much every night. That watch, you're going to fit All right the out. time. I said already I was jealous of a 19-year-old, 18-year-old kid that just has his whole life in front of him, and he's about to sign mm-hmm. that deal tonight, and just, you know, his life is set. But when you get drafted and you get to go live in Miami, that's just like the cherry on Yeah, that's that's icing on the cake. 19 years old in Miami, I'd be in some trouble. He is going to be right now, I believe he's the most famous Whitnell High School alumni uh, of all time. I'll say that right now. And, and that's that's hard for me to say. I was going to say, your ego is going to let you do that, huh? My, my ego is going to let me do that. And I'm, so, I'm really happy for that, dude. I remember one time uh, I used to coach the eighth grade team while this dude was in seventh grade t- Horvat and this dude was six foot like knocking down threes from all over the place and I'm it's practice we're, we're scrimmaging the seventh grade team and this kid looks over at me and goes 
hey, where should I pull up from? And I was like, I don't know. Why don't you go play the game? He goes, huh, no, here. <laughs> and walked down the court like three straight times and stroked it from 26 feet away. He's got that kind of confidence, which you need in this league. You need that kind of shoot-up, spot-up ability and know that you're going to put it down. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, you get that when you go play for uh, Coach Cal team as well. You get that extra swagger. And I told the story last year is that when I covered the NCAA tournament one year, Coach Cal was talking about what he looks for in players. And he was meeting with Tyler Ulysses' dad, and he's like, hey, if you recruit my son, you're getting a four-year player. And he's like, if I'm getting a four-year player, you tell your kid to go play somewhere else because he'll be in the <laughs> NBA next year. So that's what Calipari does. Like, he yep. doesn't run the best offense. Like, he's not Brad Stevens. But he puts together pros and shows them how to be pros. So I'm a big Coach Cal guy, which I know is not going to get me many points. Right yeah, now. no, not many people are going to like that right away. Zion Williams and John Moran, R.J. Barrett, DeAndre Hunter. Darius Garland goes five to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jarrett Culver. Kobe White, the pick at number seven for the Chicago Bulls. Then it was Jackson Hayes, the center from Texas, going to the Pelicans at eight. Rui Hachimori goes nine to the Washington Wizards. Cam Reddish goes 10 to the Atlanta Hawks. Cameron Johnson, power forward from North Carolina, one of the best shooters in this draft, goes 11 to the Phoenix Suns. P.J. Washington from Kentucky goes 12 to the Charlotte Hornets. And then Coach Cal gets another Kentucky Wildcat off the board at 13. Tyler Hero goes from Kentucky shooting guard to the Miami Heat. Right now it's Boston at 14, one of their three picks they have tonight. Yeah, three picks that they were hoping to uh, stockpile on top of each other and end up with Anthony Davis. Instead, they're going to end up with a bunch of rookies. It's so crazy because, you know, two years ago, when or a year and a half, I should say, when Kyrie went down with a knee injury and Hayward was done, man, I was like, when Boston is fully healthy next season, meaning this year, I was like, they're a lock for the NBA Finals. And then you saw that on paper, like putting together a team like that doesn't always work out. Because yeah. there's only one basketball, and that was the problem in Boston. Whether it's you know Brad Stevens relying too much on or trusting Gordon Hayward too much, Kyrie not playing within the offense, but everything fell apart. So now a team that was a championship contender last year, who we were saying was the favorites to represent the East, is now pretty much in rebuild mode. I mean, you're not in total basketball hell because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are two young, mm-hmm. solid players. You have picks on picks on picks. But you didn't land Anthony Davis. You lose Kyrie Irving. Gordon Hayward's a shell of himself, and you owe him a bunch of money. And now Al Horford's even walking, like the nicest guy in the league. He just wants to win and be part of the He doesn't want to be on your team anymore. He's like, goodbye. So Boston, it's going to be a crazy year to see what happens. I still expect them to be like, I don't know, maybe like the fourth or fifth seed in the East with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But we'll see what they do here. Here comes Adam Silver with Boston's pick. The Boston Celtics select... Romeo Langford from Indiana University. There it is, first Big Ten player. Romeo Langford, you're right, first Big Ten player goes off the board, shooting guard from Indiana to the Boston Celtics. Horvath, what do you got on Romeo Langford? I only played a year, just a freshman. Um, You know, he's a scorer, plays the wing. I think his decision-making is questionable. Uh, Did give you 16 points. He's 6'6", and he likes to run a lot of isolation. So we'll see how that fit is for him. It's going to be an interesting fit because they don't like to play a whole lot of isolation with Boston. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in. So you'll have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, now Romeo Langford. We'll see what else they do And here Gordon tonight. Hayward making $30 million. And Gordon Hayward, who they have no idea what to do with in that offensive system. Like last, last season at times he was playing down low on the block, and that's just not his game. Maybe without Kyrie actually being so ball dominant, Gordon Hayward could go back to being Gordon Hayward. Also, we kind of knew that was going to be a two-year injury. The guy's leg snapped opening night. Yeah, like we heard it on Literally national TV in half. So I think it was, he's got, he had to almost relearn how to play the game. 
and uh, get back in basketball shape. And Langford played 26 games last year with Indiana with a torn ligament in his thumb, so he was hampered in, in what he could necessarily do for the Hoosiers, but as a freshman still was able to put the basketball in the cup, and mm-hmm. at 6'6", 200 pounds, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, he's good off the dribble, and he could rebound at 6'6", six six, so you'll have a spot in the league if you could do that. Number one shooting guard coming out of high school was Romeo Langford playing for the Hoosiers. Back to what you were saying about the Boston Celtics. This was not the plan for Danny H. This was not the idea. This was not the blueprint. He wasn't expecting to actually pick here at 14. He probably was, one, expecting the Sacramento Kings pick to be a little bit better of a 14th overall pick. Yeah. Then also wasn't thinking that they were going to have to take any of these picks. We're planning on them being the part of the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Right, and especially if you had a genie in a bottle and you told them, hey, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant are going to have torn ligaments and they're not going to play the entire NBA final series. Boston would have probably said, oh, we're going to be NBA champions. Things didn't work out. I, uh, a lot of people are faulting Danny Ainge. I was listening to some sports talk radio in Boston, and they were hammering him. Like, so here's what I don't like about today's NBA, though. So like, if you go all in like Danny Ainge did, because mm-hmm. that's what he did, you know, bringing over Kyrie Irving, because Kyrie Irving said he wanted, to be, he wanted to be the man on the team. He was sick of playing with LeBron. He wanted to be the team leader. So they land him, you make that big move, you bring in Gordon Hayward, you already have your young players that stepped up huge in the playoffs and almost took you to the NBA Finals with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So you think, hey, we get this all together, let's go all in. It doesn't work out, you have the draft picks, and now people are hammering Danny Ainge. Like, hey, you set back the franchise, you you weren't able to bring over Anthony Davis, you weren't able to keep Kyrie happy. I love Brad Stevens, but some of that has to be on him. That that team, no doubt. You know, it has to be on yeah. the head coach. It also has to fall on Kyrie not being the leader that everybody thought. That's why, if I'm the Nets, D'Angelo Russell was really, really good, especially in that offensive system. And he matured year. quite a bit, too. He did. He made an all-star game. Yep, matured quite a bit, too. So why, if you're the Nets and you're a young team with a young coach and a young organization on the up-and-coming that's finally, like, able to consider yourself a contender in the yeah. East, why would you get rid of a guy that liked being there, liked playing with his teammates, had an all-star season to bring in Kyrie, who just proved he's not a team leader and doesn't like playing with young guys? And thinks the world is flat. Right. Can we can we stop ignoring that? This dude legitimately thinks the world is flat, he's, all right? He's a weird guy where, like, with Kyrie, I just don't think he'll ever be happy. I, he wasn't happy sure. when he was in Cleveland makes sense. at first because he didn't want to play with Deion Waiters. They get rid of Deion Waiters, you get LeBron James, you win a title, and you're still not happy. So I just don't think there's anything that will ever satisfy that guy. Like, you were just playing in one of the best organizations in pro basketball history. Whether you like Boston or not, I mean, when you think NBA, they're a pillar you think Larry, or, yeah, you yeah think, they're the pillar organization of the Eastern East Coast. Right. They are the East Coast of basketball. You can say whatever you want about the New York Knicks. It's the Boston Celtics, that's for sure. Pro Hoops Draft Show live at the Q Club of Wisconsin, 2454 North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. We got one skins bet on the table, myself and Ryan Horvat here, of my boy. I, I, don't, I can't believe you didn't think that he was going to go in the first round. I gave you till 20 for the selection of Kevin Porter Jr. to go. And as we sit here with the 15th overall pick, I don't necessarily think it's going to be Detroit that takes Kevin Porter Jr. No, I would hope not in that system. Mainly just for Porter Jr. because I like him and I want him to uh, succeed and excel, and I just don't see it happening in Detroit. Is Detroit not the biggest mess in pro basketball history right now? Because, okay, so you have so many bad contracts. You have Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. And Blake Griffin, like, He's reinvented his game because he's not as explosive. He can't jump out of the right. gym anymore. So now he's a three-point shooter. And he, like he showed against the Bucks, man, he plays with 
I like Blake Griffin. I like his game. I don't like Drummond, and you can't dump that contract. But you have no idea what you're doing. Like last year, they wanted to be buyers at the trade deadline just to make that eight seed, that seven seed, because you got the new arena, and all you want to do is fill it. You want to sell tickets, and you want that playoff money. So you have an owner that has no idea what he's doing. They just need to blow it up any way possible. But how can you blow it up? Get rid of those contracts. With those contracts. Right. Now, I disagree. I think somebody will take Andre Drummond. I think Andre Drummond's still a tradable asset. I still think he's a guy that you can build around in this league. Andre Drummond, I like him. I just don't like the money. Right. I don't like the money for him. I would like him on a championship contender. It would be nice to have a rim protector and a guy that could give you double-digit boards. But the problem is, yeah, nobody's going to take on that money. But Detroit has no clear idea of what they're doing. They have no idea what they're doing. They just want to sell tickets. That's that's their main goal. So do right you have now. any idea of where they go here, Detroit? I, I honestly have no clue. I have no idea what they do here, to be quite honest with you. Could be a Nazar Little, I'm thinking, Maybe would, would make some sense. I mean, I like Brandon Clark from Gonzaga, but you're not going to go with another big. Maybe Keldon Johnson, freshman guard out of Kentucky. This is where maybe looking at uh, Woj's Twitter account would help me out so I can sound <laughs> a little bit smarter and get myself a raise or something, but... Can't get the picks tipped. I have no idea where Detroit goes. I have no idea what their what their goals and aspirations are besides making money. What Ryan just said there, we're, we're not tipping picks. We're not trying to be on social media as apparently all the big guys want to let everybody know what's happening before we all know it. And we're, we're not trying to do that. We're not trying to be spoiled. We want the raw reaction that we can give to you here on 105.7 FM, the fan, 1250 AM, and the radio.com app here at the Q Club of Wisconsin, 24.54 South Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha as the Detroit Pistons are up on the clock. It appears that their selection is ready to be made. And Horvat and I are at a, at a loss here. We do not exactly know where they're going to go. So, Adam Silver, tell us who it is. With the 15th pick in the 2019 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select Sekou Dumbuya. There it is, Sekou Dumbuya. Here's your boy. Sekou Dumboya from France. Now, this is another dude who is being compared and being told, Horvat, that he's got the mindset of a guy that just wants to be great and really has only been playing basketball for about five, six years. Yeah, five or six years, averaged six points in France. He's an athlete, though, and that's what everybody likes about him. He's only 18 years old. He's six foot nine with a 6'11 wingspan. But we don't really know what he is, and that's the thing. Like Turn pro. At 15, 15 years old. He's just a big body that you just kind of throw him out there and he just learns the game as he goes along. So, um, But a little bit more polished offensively than a lot of other guys that are just learning the game. And I guess he's going to learn under Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. So I guess at least two pros pros, like guys that have been in the league. like And Thon Maker. And Thon Maker's there. And uh, How many more projects do they want? Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to pair him with Thon. That, that means they're probably going to move Thon Maker. I could see Thon Maker playing for every single team in the NBA before his career is up. Just being oh. that guy that you dump, say, like every single year. I don't think Thon Maker lasts, actually, to be quite honest with you, two to three more years in the league unless he starts to figure it out. But we'll see what happens here. This guy's got outstanding tools. He's thick. He's got long arms, like you say about a lot of these prospects. But can he figure out how to play pro basketball? That's the uh, – I think Sekou Damboya is going to be a, a very, very good player in this league. I think he's one of those guys that he can improve his three-point shooting, but he shoots like this moon ball, which is one of the cooler parts about it. He can absolutely stroke, but he throws like it about 20 feet, feet up into the air, yeah. and then it somehow magically falls at about 
34 35%. See, like, I love watching these highlights. I go over, I watch, I mean, I watch most D1 college games, you know, so I know who all these prospects, like, I know about Zion and RJ Barrett and all these guys. But when we start talking about the foreign players, you know, it's like, well, I saw this guy play and his game's going to translate. Like, you never really know that because as I watch this big 6'9 dude dunk on these, like, 6'3", 6'4". All wearing four soccer dudes, jerseys. Right. Like, it's kind of like when you watched LeBron play in high school and it's like, yeah, he's putting up 50, 20, and 15, but he's, like, going against some kid with acne. You know, it's like watching it's like watching uh, these, this, like, 6'2 guy try to guard Zion. Like, you got to see him against NBA competition for me to get any idea. Like, I liked Luka last year because I was like, there's no way his game doesn't translate because he could shoot, he could handle the ball, and he plays a little bit of defense here and there. So I knew Luka was going to be a superstar. With these guys, you have no – like, with Sekou, you have no idea, though. I mean, I hope for the best. I'd like a guy like that on my team because, like I said, you can't teach size, but we really have no idea. A bunch of raw skills. This is the Pro Hoops Draft Show live at the Q Club of Wisconsin in our Radio.com Sports Mobile Studios. Ryan Horvath and Baby Tausch with you on the fan. The fans' exclusive coverage of the Pro Hoops Draft, live from the Q Club of Wisconsin in Waukesha, is on Sports Radio, 105.7 FM, The Fan. Be sure to listen to The Fan all day tomorrow and react to tonight's draft with Chuck and Winkler, 6 to 10 a.m., Bill Michaels, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and 2 to 6 on The Big Show with Gary, Billy, and Sparky. We're here in the Radio.com Sports Mobile Studios at the Q Club of Wisconsin, 2454 North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Now on the clock, the Brooklyn Nets with pick number 17. As 16 goes off the board, give you a look back at who you've missed here in the last couple of picks. Number 12 was B.J. Washington, his Kentucky teammate. Tyler Hero goes 13 to the Miami Heat. Romeo Langford, first Big Ten player, goes 14 to the Boston Celtics. Sekou Domboya from Guinea and France goes 15 to the Detroit Pistons. And Chuma Okuki goes 16. Wow, that's a reach. Chuma goes 16. I was seeing him in the middle of the second round. Yeah, uh, great name, Okiki. Uh, from Auburn, made himself, I guess, a little bit extra money playing, going into deep run in the NCAA tournament. I did not expect to see him. I thought. But maybe now Chuma's also out. the one that went down with the torn ACL in those NCAA in, playoffs. Yeah, so he's not going to play most likely this season. He tore the ACL, so that was in March. He also had the bone bruise in that same knee. I would expect him probably to make his debut next season. He's not going to play this year, so you're going to stock him for a year, I would guess. That is a John Hammond pick if you're talking about somebody going for home run hitter. Uh, he believes Chuma could, could do what Bruce Pearl had him doing. I mean, he was dynamite for the Tigers in their run. It just shows you the teams will reach for a 3 and D player. Like, that's today's NBA. The guy can knock down the three and he can play defense. You'll you'll wait for him. You'll, he's eight. He's 20 years old. He did have a year in that system, two years in the system because he was a sophomore. But now, yeah, you wait a year while he sits out. So you must have saw the uh, something in him. I mean, you must have a pretty high ceiling. Uh, that's definitely a reach, in my opinion. I was not even prepared for that. Oh, Kiki going. Yeah, I was not planning on Chumo Kiki going. I thought he was going to go mid-second round. I mean, a lot of things that I saw was 10, 12th pick in the second round for Chuma. Instead, he goes 16 to the Orlando Magic. But here's the deal. What we have on our boards and what guys around the NBA have on their boards is totally different. He could have been the ninth prospect on John Hammond's board. Right, that's the thing. And that's why I don't look too much into, you know, a lot of these player comps. 
and, you know, people saying this guy needs to work on his defensive rebounding, like things that could be taught, you know, and, and needs to put on more size because you're just not able to do that. Like you said, at the collegiate level, you're not on the right meal plan, really. You're not you're not eating your four to five meals a day and whatnot. But I guess the biggest shocker is just like you said, I mean, the guy tore his ACL, so he's sitting out for a year. And then when he does come back, he's got to get back in basketball shape. He's got to figure out the pro game. Just kind of a reach there for Orlando. And I like what Orlando's been doing the last four yeah. years, to tell you the truth. So just kind of a puzzling move. I still think there was some value there. You really can't imagine Chuma being able to play anything before the first of the year, right? I mean, he tore it in March, late yeah. in March. Yeah, during the NCAA tournament. But he definitely made himself some money in that tourney, which is why I know the knock is that guys should go overseas. Nobody cares about college basketball anymore because you don't get paid. But proof tonight, man, you go on a deep run in March and you play good basketball and you can make yourself some cash. That's no doubt. It is the recap of the trade that was the biggest one earlier today. DeAndre Hunter, the fourth pick, and the 57th overall pick, a future second, and Solomon Hill go to the Atlanta Hawks. The New Orleans Pelicans get the eighth pick, turn into Jackson Hayes. They get this 17th overall pick via Brooklyn here at 17. This will be the New Orleans Pelicans pick, 35 overall, as well as a 2020 protected first-round pick from Cleveland do the Pelicans get in that deal for the fourth overall selection. So this is the second first-round pick this year's draft that the Pelicans are getting from the Hawks to move up four spots so they could get DeAndre Hunter. So the Pelicans looking here at 17. What could the Pelicans continue to stock and, and add to this crew that they've already put together here early with uh, two first-round picks? I'm actually surprised that they haven't packaged this pick for anything, even if you're just trying to move into the 2021-2022 draft that I keep talking about where there's going to be so many more prospects available because you're kind of set with your young core. Mm -hmm. So unless you're going to use this as an asset, like I really like the Pelicans roster right now. I hope that they actually keep this thing going because I keep bringing up the backcourt, but Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball complement each other well. Maybe Brandon Brandon Ingram finally figures it out because I loved him at Duke, but he just wasn't a great fit in Los Angeles because really nobody was. They didn't know what yeah. the hell they wanted to do. Then they brought over LeBron with playing with a bunch of young dudes. That was the funniest thing, real quick, is that we were all sold like a couple of years ago. Remember, we knew what LeBron wanted to do when he first made the decision and went to Miami. He wanted to win a championship. But then everybody was like, well, he just wants to go back to Cleveland, go back to his hometown and bring him a championship. I think it was bigger than that. I think Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh were getting a little bit older. He was like, I'll go form a big three, go play with Kyrie Irving and trade whatever draft pick, which ended up being Andrew Wiggins, and bring in Kevin Love, form a younger big three. Then last year, everybody's like, he just wants to go out to Los Angeles because he's worried about his brand. You know, when his basketball career is over, he sure. wants his kid out in Los Angeles. He wants to be a movie star. He's got Space Jam 2 coming out. It was never about that. LeBron always wants to win. It was like week three of the season, and he was asking them to trade for Tyson Chandler and all these veterans. So um, I just – i that's what I, that was my whole point. I just laughed at people really thinking LeBron was just going to go out to L.A. pretty much to retire and die. You knew yeah. that they were going to build a championship contender around him. And it suffered, like all the young players suffered because of it. Like I still think Lonzo Ball could be a good player. He's a good on-ball defender. I don't know about Brandon Ingram, but I hope for the best. So maybe this will be a good fit for him. But I like what the Pelicans are doing, especially with that starting five. I think they could compete in two years and seriously be a Western Conference Finals contender. I really do think that. Even I mean, if Zion ends up being half as good as we think. Yeah, New Orleans is definitely set up well. And now that 17th pick is in. And it's Virginia Tech shooting guard Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker 
Horvat, another one of those Canada projects. Yeah, another Canadian guy. Like I said, if I'm recruiting, I'm in Canada right now. Here's a guy that we saw as high, I think, as like 10 in some mock drafts, and then I saw something as low as like 23, 24. So I guess his stock did fall a little bit. But he's versatile, and he's a wing. He could play the two and the three. He could play on or off the ball, and he's a playmaker, so he could play with the ball in his hands. The only problem is, like a lot of these guys, he just can't create a three-point shot off the dribble and he struggles to finish in the paint because he's not as athletic. So he's not going to create his own shot off the dribble on the three, and he's not going to get to the rim. But I think if you put on some muscle, he'll be able to do that, and he can knock down shots. A home run out at Miller Park, a solo shot from Christian Yelich as he goes yard off your boy, Ryan Horvat, Tanner Roark. How many uh, base hits did you have against Roark in your career? Seven. Tell everybody about that. I always have to tell everybody about that. But then you think of the fact that my man signed a huge deal once again this year, so he's a multimillionaire. And uh, like you said, me and you are sitting here unpaid uh, tonight talking about the NBA draft. But Brewers making a little bit of run here. It was a rough first uh, inning for Jimmy Nelson. Looks like he's kind of calmed down a little bit. So here come the Indiana Pacers, and the Pacers were obviously hampered last year and, and kind of left for dead, mm-hmm. Nate McMillan's crew was when their superstar, Victor Oladipo, goes down with the torn Achilles, and now you have the situation here with them taking the 18th pick. They're a basketball team, Ryan, that, that's really intriguing in the sense of they're one of the teams that are going to play the toughest defense in the NBA because of their coach. They, they've taken right. on that persona of Nate McMillan. So what are you looking for here at an 18th overall selection where a guy might not have to be a starter for you, but you are looking for key contributors still for a team that was lacking a lot of offense? I really want to see Ty Jerome from Virginia get drafted, and I almost think that that would be a good fit for him because he's a playmaker and he could shoot, and you could kind of move him over a little bit. He could play the two-guard too. I think he earned himself some coin in March. I don't know what he's going to be in the NBA, but I do think he could be like a Jose Calderon. Because with the Pacers, like you get Depot back from the ace, from the uh, injury, so mm-hmm. he'll be back. I like Sabonis' game. I like Miles Turner. I also like the fact that Indiana has a lot of money. They were in on the Mike Conley sweepstakes. They weren't able to bring him in. I thought that would have been a perfect fit. Utah yep. ends up with them. And they go with Gorga Pitsda. Yeah, I knew Gaga was going to get taken. So here's another. Your boy Gaga. Yeah, another project. So a big, we'll see what he ends up being. I guess I like the pick for uh, Indiana. I like what they're building over there. But it all depends on what Depot looks like when he comes back because he's huge for that team. They won basketball games without him. Like if you remember, like he got hurt, and then all of a sudden they won on like an eight-game winning streak. And you're like, okay, they're playing themselves into like the, the, the fifth or sixth seed right now without their best player. So I think they'll be tough. And they have a bunch of money. Problem is... Like most small market teams, who wants to go play in Indiana? You know, if this is 1993, 1994, maybe guys want to go play with Reggie Miller and Rick Smith, but it's going to be hard to bring free agents over. But I like what they're doing. Gaga from the country of Georgia Mm -hmm. center, and his father played professionally. Stunningly, his uh, basketball idol is Zaza Pachulia, as he is the other player from the country of Georgia in the NBA. Zaza Pachulia has made himself a very, very nice career. Gaga has a little bit more swag than some people might think he does for being a near seven-footer from overseas. He's going to talk his stuff, and it'll be interesting to see if Gaga comes over right away as he was the league MVP uh, in the ABA. Yeah, 6'11", 250. You know, everything that I saw is he just kind of, like, struggles. If you give him a pump fake, he bites on it all the time, and he fouls a lot. I don't think he comes over. Um, just look at him. 
Like he's kind of like a gangly, goofy-looking dude, right? About 250, though. He's got a little bit of meat behind him. He does. He's a thicker player. You know, he's not like a, a Bull Bull or a Thon Maker. Now, Bull Bull, I'm still thinking, has to get taken here at some point. See, I, soon. And, and that's the thing. Like, when you see agents unable to tell their players what range they're even going to be taking in, and he's actually at the draft. Uh, he, Bull Bull, yeah, he's in a spider suit. Yeah, he looks. He went like full heel for this draft. Doesn't know <laughs> when he's going to be taken. But I think, see, and, and that's my point. Like, once we get to, like, these picks right here, I would almost go with a project like Bull Bull. Like, if I'm Indiana. And and they did with Gaga. They I mean, did you have do no a project idea, there. You have no idea what he's going to end up being. Like, maybe he'll end up being a 10.8 rebound guy for you. Or maybe he'll end up spending his entire career in the G League. But who really knows? You can't teach height, and the dude's seven foot two. Zion Williamson joining the ESPN crew right now. Uh, the number one overall selection to the New Orleans Pelicans. Next up right now, we're waiting on the San Antonio Spurs draft here. And the Spurs are another team that is in flux because you don't know who their star player is, really. I, is it DeMar DeRozan? Is it still LaMarcus Aldridge? I, I'm not sure exactly where Pop's crew is right now, but they're drafting 19. So, obviously, in the playoffs. And they gave... The Denver Nuggets, a heck of a run in that first round. Yeah, they did. And, I mean, that's you could always count on them to give teams a run once they do get to the playoffs just because they're coached by Greg Popovich and they have a solid system, Patty Mills. Uh, yeah, DeMar DeRozan's probably still your, I guess, go-to scorer, which I don't think will ever be – he'll never be a go-to scorer on a championship team, and I think you proved that because he leaves Toronto and then they win the championship the first year that he's gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're the Spurs, you just have to be kicking yourself for the what went down with Kawhi Leonard because you had arguably the best superstar in the NBA right now. Didn't handle the situation well uh, with the injury, and he left. And you got DeMar DeRozan out of mm -hmm. it, which at least you got a 20-point-per-game score, but you lost the finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard. So you're kind of in basketball hell right now. Still Greg Popovich, one of the best coaches in the NBA, and you still got a good system. But like you said, man, like who's your best player right now? Who's going to go out and get you buckets? Could be Kevin Porter Jr. I would like that here. Kevin Porter Jr. would make a lot of sense here for San Antonio. you got a shooting guard that you know is going to be able to take over, and DeMar DeRozan, he's still going to be your number one scoring option. So he's going to be able to probably run that entire second unit with Kevin Porter Jr. and then mold himself into being more of a pop guy in that system. I think he could flourish there. Yeah, I'd like to see him under Pop. I think Pop will get the most out of him because right now I see Porter Jr. is like like a J.R. Smith. Like he's going to be a shooter, and he's going to have some really good nights, and he's going to have some really bad nights. But I think he's got a lot higher basketball IQ than J.R. Smith. Yeah, and he's six foot five with a six nine wingspan, so you'll be he'll be able to play the passing lanes defensively. But will he know if his team is leading or tied at the end, at of, the the end of the game when he gets a rebound? Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> that's the best question. That would be that's so the number one, two, and three. So questions it's probably the answered. basketball IQ that's holding him. <laughs> down here in the draft, <laughs> the reason that he's fallen here. It's the Bro Hoops Draft Show live at the Q Club of Wisconsin, the Radio.com mobile studios out here, 2454 North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. I'm Bill Schmidt, Baby Tosh, Ryan Horvat, Chuck and Winkler here on the fan with you. $2 pints to be had out here at the Q Club of Wisconsin, also 50-cent wings to be munched down here at the Q Club of Wisconsin when you get out here, 2454 South North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. I do not believe there is a South Grandview Boulevard as I have lived out here in Waukesha for about six years. And I, I should know that there is no South Grandview Boulevard. North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. San Antonio Spurs 
to select here momentarily. We'll bring you that pick, then we'll take a quick timeout as we get into the 20s here into the first round of the 2019 NBA Draft. Brewers down 3-1. Christian Yelich hitting a 462-foot home run off Ryan Horvath's boy, Tanner Roark, of the Cincinnati Reds. It's 3-1 Reds there in the after four innings. Tim Allen has the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show after that one here on 105.7 FM. The fan, Horvat, your San Antonio Spurs at this point. Where do you believe the Spurs end up next year? Do you believe that they're still a playoff team, or is it going to be a lottery time for Greg Popovich? What is this, second time in the last 20 years? Yeah, last time it worked out pretty well. You got Tim Duncan, but I don't think – I still I, – the Spurs, I just don't think they'll ever be – They'll never tank, you know, but I do think they're in basketball hell, which I consider when you're in, like, the middle of the pack, like the sixth or seventh seed. And here we go out to Adam Silver and the commissioner in, Bro- in Brooklyn. It's Luka Semanic. Fellow Croatian. There you go. There's a Croatian for you. Power forward Luka Semanic from Croatia. Well, hey, the most uh, – Pop gets the most out of these Europeans. That's guys for sure. He gets the most out of his of. European players. That Ginobili. Is, that is absolutely a fact. Tiago Splitter. We're here at the Radio.com Sports Mobile Studios, Q Club of Wisconsin, 2454 North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Ryan Horvath, Baby Tausch, hanging out with you on the Pro Hoops Draft Show, live from the Q Club here on The Fan. The Fan's exclusive coverage of the Pro Hoops Draft, live from the Q Club of Wisconsin in Waukesha is on Sports Radio, 105.7 FM, The Fan. Be sure to listen to The Fan all day tomorrow and react to tonight's draft with Chuck and Winkler, 6 to 10 a.m., Bill Michaels, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and 2 to 6 on The Big Show with Gary, Billy, and Sparky. 105.7 FM, The Fan, 12.50 a.m. in the radio.com app. This is the... Probes Draft Show, 105.7 FM. The fan, Chuck and Winkler, is producer Ryan Horvath hanging out here. The dude knows his stuff about college hoops, and it's not only because he likes to have a little bit of investment on college hoops. It's simply because the guy knows basketball and studies basketball, Ryan Horvath. I love basketball, and, uh, I mean, I love the NBA draft. always have. People say that it's lost its luster throughout the years, but I, uh, I disagree. I think the only thing that's lost its the reason why it could have lost a little bit of luster is because of Wojnarowski tip and, and Shams tipping picks. Yeah, I agree. That's no fun. I agree. I don't like the tipping picks. Although I will say now, like more than ever, everybody's a wild card. Like after picks one through three this year, you sure. really have no idea what yep. the hell is going to happen. Where is when guys did stay for four years, you usually had an idea of where guys were going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, you had a plan. And now in today's NBA, like the NBA, the drama in the offseason is almost better than the action on the court. Like, already. Yeah, it kind of is. Like, it's already. Like, we already had a major trade. Anthony Davis is a Laker. This season just that We just got done watching the NBA Finals, and already arguably the best 26-year-old player on the planet is now in the biggest media market. Uh, Dwayne Wade, former Milwaukee legend at Marquette, mm-hmm. right? Tweeting at another Milwaukee legend, Tyler Hero. Saying, yes, sir. Okay, Tyler Hero. Hope you're ready to work. It's the Miami Heat way. Let's go. My boy is ready to go. And now a... Jose Iglesias home run in Miller Park. It's now 5-1 Reds out with Jimmy Nelson on the bump uh, for only a little bit longer as he will be taken out here, I would imagine, momentarily by Craig Council. Tim Allen has the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show after this one wraps up at Miller Park right now. Spro Hoops Draft Show live from the Q Club of Wisconsin. The draft out in Brooklyn where Adam Silver has the 20th selection. 
by the Boston Celtics. With the 20th pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the Boston Celtics select Matisse Thibel from the University of Washington. Matisse Thibel. like that pick. Tell us a little bit about Thibel. He's the best defender in the draft, best on-ball defender. Uh, Fits Brad Stevens' mold. You know who he kind of reminds me? Remember uh, Thibel Cephalosha? That's what yes. he kind of reminds me of. I don't know how much he'll sure. give you on the offensive end. Not really even a 3 and D guy, but he's a great on-ball defender. So. Uh-oh. There it is. We have a trade. So Matisse Thibel has, according to Woj of ESPN, he has been traded to the uh, Philadelphia 76ers for the 24th and 33rd pick in this draft. Okay. So he's moving. So Thibel has been picked for the Sixers. Yeah, that's a good fit because, I mean, that's what they need is another perimeter defender. Especially with Jimmy Butler leaving. Yep, Jimmy Butler's gone. We don't know about Tobias Harris. Mm -hmm. Most likely he's going to be gone too. Um, 2019 Nate Smith Defensive Player of the Year. We got another one, Mitch? We have another trade to report. All right. Woj again has it. Oklahoma City has traded the number 21 pick to Memphis for – Possibly uh, Brandon Clark of Gonzaga. Big man from... Uh, to, to take him. Gonzaga, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. So it'll the pick will be coming in that it is expected that Oklahoma City will select Brandon Clark and then trade him to Memphis. Do we know the compensation? Not yet. Okay. So stand we'll by. Keep, we'll keep on that. That's Mayor Mitch back in our Hales Corner studios. We're at the Radio.com Sports Mobile Studios out here at the Q Club of Wisconsin. Myself, Bill Schmidt, Baby Tausch, and Ryan Horvat. So, Matthias... Thibel from Washington. That's a good pipeline that Washington has pumped out of NBA players. Now, if you're Philadelphia, the last time you took a guy from Washington, obviously it did not work out as you traded up to go have him be your number one overall selection in Markel Fultz. You just dipped him out to Orlando. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, man, just going back to this, I really do like this move for the 76ers, though, especially defensively where they you worry about him a little bit with the loss, like you said, of Jimmy Butler, because not only is Thibel a great on-ball defender, he's also good off-ball as well. He's athletic, dude's smart. He can shoot the three. I don't know if he's going to shoot 40% at the next level. He only averaged nine points a game at Washington, but he's six foot five, And like I said, he's a disruptive defender. It scares me a little bit that he's going to Philadelphia. I think he might end up being a solid player. So now I'm down five on the Skins games over here to you as my boy Kevin Porter Jr. did not go in the first round. You want to go double or nothing? You didn't think he was going to go in the first round. Yeah, I'll go double or nothing. Double that. or nothing. All Let's right. I got I can't think Kevin Porter Jr., a dude that has that kind of offensive skill set, hasn't been taken as a flyer right now. I know. That's the thing. All these prospects, like, you have no idea. I saw the player comp for him of J.R. Smith, Rodney Stuckey I saw, James Young, who didn't quite And Nazar Little still on the board as well, the second-ranked uh, shooting or small forward in most boards. Well, like, the thing with Porter Jr. is not only is the potential there because he can score, but he's really strong and physical too. So he's not just going to get you buckets on the outside. Like, the, the upside is there. Um, I guess just the knock is just that his shooting form is flat. And he doesn't play a whole lot of defense, and his ball handling, uh, not tremendous right now. So I guess that's the knock on him. We wait here now for Nazar Little, as he was expected to be in in the top 12. He's still not going. This appears that it's going to be Brandon Clark, Gonzaga's big man. We've already seen one of Mark Few's boys and Rui Hachimura go number nine, which was a little bit of a... Something, a yeah. little bit of a surprise. I, I don't think talent-wise that he is not a top-10 player. It just didn't appear that many people had him there on his boards or they felt like he was going to be 
the selection there that it, it made too much sense, but now we have Matthias, Matthias Theibel going in a deal to the 76ers trade made by Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics. Good move by them, and going back to Brian Clark, what I like about him, I saw a crazy stat. He had as many blocks this season as he did missed shots. So he shoots 69% from the floor nice. and scores 17 points per game. Dude's six foot nine, And he was like Gonzaga's guy because they play within their system. When they did need a big bucket, they would go down low to him. So I really do like uh, Brandon Clark and his basketball IQ is through the roof. Guys just makes good decisions. All Doesn't dudes that come from over. Gonzaga make good decisions. Yeah, Mark Fuse is a great coach. I mean, Adam Morrison made really good decisions. He just wasn't that great of a basketball player. Yeah, he just kind of blew out his legs and yeah, <laughs> they couldn't play basketball anymore. <laughs> that kind of makes you a little bit of a liability on the basketball floor. I feel like if this is the NBA draft, like, I don't know, even like seven, eight years ago, Brandon Clark would have been taken. The only reason he hasn't well, been Eric taken is because he can't also shoot threes. Taken, yeah, it's just these guys that can't hit threes. Like, doesn't matter how good you are down low, how versatile you are on the defensive end. If you can't knock down shots, you're probably screwed. Also, another reason why the Matthias Thibel pick is is notable, Ryan. It's our first senior being taken off the board at 20. Isn't that crazy? It's outrageous. All one and dones and sophomores. I, I that's where I like the good value though here late in the first round or second round. Like the guys like Draymond Green, like the system players that did play four years of competitive D one basketball, just because they've kind of seen it all. So that doesn't scare you if you if you believe a guy fit into a system. That's why he stayed for so long. Uh, it would scare me if I was taking anybody like above pick fifteen. I probably wouldn't draft a senior unless it was just like a Keith Van Horn, Tim Duncan guy that just really loved mm-hmm. college and for some reason wanted to stay there. But no, I mean. Yeah, everybody's gone by their sophomore year. Even guys that, like I said, like come out of high school and say, hey, you're getting a four-year player. Things change when you see the money, uh, when you see guys get injured. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the scariest thing. Like with the Injuries Zion are Williamson one of the thing. biggest seasons. You know, we never thought that we were going to see Zion Williamson play college hoops again. And I think most of us advised him against it after we watched his sneaker explode. But No, I thought, they, I thought Nike should have said, here's the deal, dude. You're not playing another college game. You're going to make your debut. This is when I still thought that he was going to go to the New York Knicks. Right. And you, you send out TV ads throughout the entire year as it builds up that Zion, the next time you saw him was going to be at the draft lottery. You, yeah. You didn't see him any other time. And then at the NBA draft, he puts the Nick hat on, yep. and the first thing you see is a big ad, Zion. Yeah, but it was like, Zion won. It was like Coach K said, though, man, the guy just loves hoops that much. That's what, that's what I like about a lot of these guys. And we, we rag on a lot of them, like Kevin Durant. All the, I mean – I didn't like him going to Golden State. I loved sure. him in Oklahoma City. But the more you look at it and the more you watch Westbrook, even with Paul George in the playoffs, like you realize Russell Westbrook will never be the point guard of a championship team. Got the Thunder to the finals, but he was younger. Now he's he just doesn't play within the offensive system. But these guys just want to go out there and play basketball. Like Clay Thompson, with a torn ACL, went out and shot his free throws and tried to get back on defense. He told Steve Kerr, I just needed two just minutes. Just give me break. two minutes. Like give me these, two minutes, I'll be back out there for you. These guys just want to hoop. A lot of times they're not thinking about injury. I mean, everybody wants to get paid. When you're Oklahoma City Thun- when you're the Oklahoma City Thunder, you have two dudes that are max-level players in Paul George and Russell Westbrook. First-round picks aren't necessarily uh, the biggest thing that you're worried about. This trade from the mayor, Mitch Ross, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, that this trade is on, this pick is on its way to the Memphis Grizzlies here at 21 as they will make the selection here. And also the number 20 pick was traded from the Boston Celtics to the Philadelphia 76ers for 24. And now it's the Oklahoma City Thunder selecting for the Memphis Grizzlies at 21. With the 21st pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Brandon Clark 
from Vancouver and Gonzaga University. From Vancouver. Another Canadian. Another Canadian. Brandon Clark goes 21 to the Memphis Grizzlies, selected by the Oklahoma City Thunder. And basketball only going to get bigger on that Canadian pipeline as the uh, Raptors win their first NBA title, too. I like Brandon Clark. Dude just plays his ass off. He's a great shot blocker, and he's a great pick-and-roll defender. So he's definitely got a spot in the M NBA, especially if he develops any sort of jumper. But, I mean, if you could cover, like I said, if you could defend against the pick-and-roll, and you could block shots. You got a spot, and you could learn everything else as you go along. After two years at San Jose State, Brandon Clark transferred to Gonzaga with this thought in mind for him to be able to walk across the stage, get the hat, throw it on of an NBA team, and then shake the hand of Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, and make his dream come true and be in the NBA and be a big man for, for a contender. And that's like what's so crazy about Gonzaga's program is that if Mark Few, like he's never been able to go out and get the top – 10 prospects or, nope. you know, the blue chip five-star recruits. So what he does is mostly focuses on transfers, and that's kind of what he has to do is say, hey, you want to come win? You want to come play in the NCAA tournament? You want to become a pro? This I is your help place. You with that. Yep, no doubt. It's the Pro Hoops Draft Show live from the Q Club of Wisconsin. On 105.7 FM, the fan. I'm Baby Tausch, Bill Schmidt, Ryan Horvath here as well at Radio.com Sports Mobile Studios. You're listening to the Pro Hoops Draft Show on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Out here at the Q Club of Wisconsin, 2454 North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. It's Baby Tausch, Bill Schmidt, and Ryan Horvat on the Pro Hoops Draft Show, 105.7 FM, The Fan. The guys back in the studio are Mayor Mitch Ross and Evan Heffelfinger. And guys, uh, I want to throw you guys on, onto a project here. Damian Lillard has just released a diss track to Marvin Bagley Jr. after Marvin Bagley decided that he was going to challenge Damian Lillard to a rap battle. Evan, I know you got a lot going on back there and you're recording all these picks, but if you could, would you be able to record that diss track and just get all of the curse words out of it? Because I'd love to play it on the air <laughs> if we actually could somehow and it wasn't just this is... Evan's, uh, Evan's looking at you like, bruh. <laughs> You're asking a lot. That could be a lot. You're, you're asking a lot. Doesn't that sound like something we should bring into the second, the round number two? Dame Lillard dissing Marvin Bagley? That sounds like some fun. You know what, Billy? I will do it just for you. Evan, you're my man. Appreciate you it, guys. Those guys doing wow, a great a, job back. It's a, it's a team event over here. It really is. <laughs> That's for sure it is. That's for sure it is. Evan Heffelfinger and the Mayor Mitch Ross back in the Hales Corner Studios. we got the Radio.com mobile, Sports Mobile Studios out here at the Q Club of Wisconsin where they have 50-cent wings. they got $2 draft beer, pint, domestic pints for 2 bucks until they close tonight here 2454 North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Also what they got here, just an array of pool tables. The Tornado Foosball, which is outstanding. Shuffleboard, which Horvat, if, if Freems and I got to come out here and play some shuffle, let me tell you this, Schmitty, I used to play shuffleboard back in the Q Club back in 95. It was outstanding. <laughs> well, one, of the the best, Q Club, one of the best spots ever. You slide it right down. I had that four dialed in every single time. Slide through. I used to net four throwers right away. <laughs> if Freems and I would get into a great battle, but Adam Silver and I could play some shuffleboard too. He's got the 22nd pick. It's the Boston Celtics selecting Grant Williams, power forward from Tennessee. Grant Williams was another dude that 
I had been seeing in the second round, but a guy that was a powerful scorer for Tennessee. Yeah, he averaged 19 points a game or something like that at Tennessee. I like him because he could score with both hands. You know, he could post you up. He could Inside finish, and out, yeah. Finish with his right, finish with his left. Nobody really expected Tennessee to be any good, and then they were the number one team in the nation. Nobody really knew if one guy was going to get drafted tonight or, you know, potentially they could get three guys here in the draft tonight. So just kind of a weird season for Tennessee. Like, nobody expected anything of them. Yep. And then the next thing you know, they're beating Kentucky. I think what the coolest part about this is Grant Williams, granted they play different positions. I mm-hmm. understand that. But Grant Williams is a guy that played for multiple seasons in college. Grant Williams was the two-time reigning SEC player of the year. Yeah. Similar, in my mind, to what you saw out of Malcolm Brogdon, and that pushed Brogdon into the second round. Because they're accomplished college players, teams don't believe that you can get more out of them at the NBA level, but they might just be able to be good role players. Yeah, and like the, and the other thing with guys like Malcolm Brogdon and with guys like Grant Williams is they play within the system. And I know that sounds like cliche and stupid, but in the college game you kind of have to. Yep. That's why like you'll see – you know, the third leading scorer on this team averaged nine points, and you're like, oh, well, he's not a scorer. And then next thing you know, in the league, he's filling it up. Like Devin Booker, Kentucky, averaged like 10 or 11 points because mm-hmm. he was the fourth option on that team. So Grant Williams, ultimate team player, guy just plays within the system and still is able to get you 19 a game while being like a pass-first uh, low-post player. So I definitely like him. And that's a good point Like about Brogdon is because – you got to look at the programs that these guys are playing in. Like, yep. if you go to Virginia, if you go to Tennessee, you know you're not. It's not a lot of ISO. It's not like going to Duke. Rick Barnes ain't playing that way, right? You know, yep. it's it's right. not like going to Kentucky where you're going to get your 13 to 14 shots a game. You know, some games you're going to be able to go off for 30 points, and then the next night in SEC play, you might only put up four shots. So you kind of have to adapt, and that's what Grant Williams did. Team first dude, able to score, tough. Plays good defense. The only thing, not too versatile, and he's reluctant to shoot threes. So we'll see how that uh, works out in the NBA because you have but to he's have got a the best. Shot. But he's got the best coach to do it in Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is going to get what he can out of him. He can shoot from 15, 18, 20 feet out. So I think he's still going to be a, a relative scorer in this league. And we're going to take a quick timeout, get an update from Heaven Heffelfinger back at the Hales Corner Studios, Radio.com Sports Mobile Studios, the Q Club of Wisconsin tonight for Ryan Horvath, myself, Bill Schmidt, Baby Tausch, and the Pro Hoops Draft Show here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 